Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome in. It's another edition of the BetQL Tailgate to kick off. I'm Ryan Horvath. The at-home version is we're getting some stuff done in the studio this weekend. Also, it's my birthday weekend, so relaxing, kicking back at home. Uh, going to get you set for an excellent slate of college football. We're going to try to hit on every single game, take a look at where the lines are moving, take a look at the totals in some of these games. we got some injury reports, one that I'm seeing pop up right now that's pretty big for the uh, Red River shootout, which is going to kick off here in about three hours. Ryan Watts, starting defensive back for Texas, is going to miss this game, which is a huge loss for uh, Texas on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about that and more coming up in about 40 minutes with Reed Wallach, host of the Early Reed podcast with BetSided. In about 20 minutes, I want to look at ACC futures. Uh, Florida State today, a 24-point favorite, 23.5 now in some shops. Who's going to trip up Florida State, if anybody? they got some big games coming up. They're going to see Duke. Duke a little bit beat up right now, though, and then down the road they get Miami. So we're going to talk about that with Brett Friedlander, who covers the ACC for SaturdayRoad.com. But uh, let's take a look at some of these games right now, and let's start with this noon slate. Actually, before we even get into the noon slate, something that I want to talk about here, Kentucky, Georgia. Uh, We're back down to 14 here with Georgia. 14 and a half still available if you like Kentucky. Always shop around for best price. But I'm going to bet Georgia right now, actually. These are two unbeaten teams. And I feel like they're just begging for you to grab some Kentucky here, right? Like Georgia last week, actually for the last two weeks, hasn't looked very good. Kentucky last week ran all over Florida. And the number all week sitting there at 14 and a half, just begging for the Kentucky money. Georgia last week, like we said, needed a big play from Brock Bowers just to beat Auburn. Kentucky comes in off a blow-off win over, uh, blowout win over Florida last week. Something here to look for, though. Um, Kentucky, this is their first road game of the season. They haven't been on the road all season long. Now they're in Georgia. Georgia has trailed by double digits back-to-back weeks. They haven't covered a spread yet this season. But Kentucky's offense looks really good against Florida's defense last week. Started to click. In fact, they've scored at least 28 points every game this season. Ray Davis coming off a huge game on the ground. Ran for over 200 yards, over eight yards per rushing attempt after initial contact. And then Georgia, you look at them on the defensive side of the ball. Peyton Thorne. Ran all over them last week. Uh, but if you look at the advanced box score, Georgia only gave up 1.4 yards per rush before first contact on traditional running back runs. So I don't think Devin Leary is going to make Georgia pay with his legs today. And I don't think that Kentucky is just going to be able to run the ball up the middle against that Georgia defense. Georgia's a much better tackling team than Florida, a much better team than Florida. Like, that's a nice win for Kentucky. But let's remember that Florida was a five-and-a-half uh, win total team this season with Graham Mertz as their starting quarterback. Kentucky's offensive line, they played pretty good, but they step up in class here against Georgia's defensive line. And like I was saying, Georgia 
grading out as the ninth best tackling team in the country. So I'm going to take a shot here with Georgia. They haven't covered a number all season long, uh, but we'll go with them. That's a primetime game coming up at 7 p.m. Devin Leary, Kentucky's quarterback, just hasn't really looked healthy all season long. Didn't play very good last week. So even though they beat Florida, uh, that's a story that nobody was talking about. He was, he was not very good in that game. All right, let's move on to these noon games. Texas, Oklahoma. Um, here's one where the number's been moving around all week long. Currently, right now, five and a half point favorites. The Longhorns are at home. Uh, total in this game, 60 and a half. Texas on the money line, minus 225 price. Oklahoma coming in right now, plus 180. I think Oklahoma keeps this game close. I've been going back and forth on this one. I'm going to grab a five and a half right now with Oklahoma. Uh, my best bet in this game, though, would be the under, which is always scary in the Red River shootout. The total in this game, 60 and a half. The reason I like both of these teams, I like both defenses. Year two for Brent Venables at Oklahoma. They bring in a really good transfer class. Their defensive line has been really damn good. They step up in class, obviously, here today against a really good Texas offense. But Oklahoma right now leads the country in stuff rate, all the nerd stats. They're 10th in EPA per rush. They're third in defensive line yards. Their defense is the real deal. In Texas, the one knock on their offense, we're talking about Quinn Ewers, third best Heisman odds right now, a 7-1 to one price. The one area where they've struggled, replacing B. John Robinson, which makes sense. He's a running back that was taken as a top five pick in the National Football League. But their ground game has really regressed. Nobody notices because the stats look good. Like Texas is averaging five yards per carry as a team, but those numbers are skewed. They could hit explosives, but right now they're outside the top 70 in rushing success rate. Their offensive line not getting much push up front. Offensive line yards, stuff rate allowed, those numbers have dipped. Maybe they figured out some stuff last week, or maybe it's just because it was Kansas's defense. Uh, the running back, Jonathan Brooks, had over 200 yards on the ground. But if Oklahoma is able to force them to be one-dimensional in this game, and it's just Quinn Ewers dropping back, even with all those weapons like Xavier Worthy, um, I think he could have some turnovers in this game, and Oklahoma could keep it a little bit close. That does scare me a little bit as far as the total. We could see some short fields today. But Ewers has been awesome. Just one turnover this season. He did throw an interception last week against Kansas. Um, always scary betting an under with Texas in that wide receiver room. But another area where they've struggled this season, finishing drives outside the top 25 right now um, and drives stalled out. So we might see some field goals here in this game. Oklahoma's pass defense, like I said, hasn't really seen a receiver room like Texas or a receiver like, like Xavier Worthy yet. But Oklahoma's top 20 in passing success rate allowed at EPA per pass allowed. They can give up some explosives. But I think this is going to be a lower scoring game. So I'm going to lock in the under 60 and a half right now, Oklahoma and Texas. And I like Oklahoma a little bit at five and a half. We hit on uh, Georgia, Kentucky. Again, Georgia down to 14 right now. If you do like Georgia, uh, best price over at BetMGM. Maryland, Ohio State. So Maryland off to a nice little start this season, unbeaten, 18 and a half point dogs. This number actually continues to go down. Earlier in the week, Ohio State was a 20 and a half point favorite. The total in this game right now, 56 and a half. I actually like Ohio State. Like I said, nice little start here for Maryland. I just feel like it's the same story every single season for Maryland. You know, they win a couple games to start the year. We start to get excited. They're 5-0 and for the first time since 2001. They've won each game by at least 15 points. Hopefully they get to eight wins this season. I did bet the win total over. The only knock on Maryland for me, love the quarterback, love the skill position players. They're scoring points. I don't like their offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis. This is a big step up in class for him going against this Ohio State defense. Look at the defenses that Maryland's seen so far this season. Indiana, Michigan State, Virginia, Charlotte, and Towson. Now uh, they go against Ohio State, 
who right now, top 10 defense, year two for Jim Knowles, good defensive line, really good linebackers. I think they'll be fine today against this Josh Gaddis offense. Ohio State's offense, they figured some stuff out in the second half against Notre Dame a couple weeks ago. Kyle McCord, who's really struggled with the deep ball this year, he figured some things out. And it's not really a look-ahead spot. If you look at the upcoming schedule for Ohio State, they get Purdue next week. Maybe that's a good spot to fade Ohio State with Penn State coming up in two weeks. But I think they roll today. You know, and Maryland's undefeated run comes to an end. Ryan Day and his tenure at Ohio State off the bye. We got six data points. They're averaging over 40 points. So a team total overlook might be a good look for Ohio State. And Maryland, I know they hung 40 on Indiana last week, but they had a bunch of short fields in that game. They had good turnover luck uh, in that game. And they've been getting off to some slow starts. And I don't think you could do that against Ohio State. Ohio State, like I said, starting to figure some things out on the offensive side of the ball. I think they're going to be able to run the ball all over this Maryland defense, which has been pretty solid this season, but they haven't seen a running back room like Ohio State's yet this year or a wide receiver room. Looks like Marvin Harrison's going to be able to play. Uh, did get injured in that Notre Dame game, but he's going to give it a go today. So uh, for me, I am going to roll in that one with uh, Ohio State, which is always scary, laying a big number, 19 and a half. Uh, but we're going to do it today against Maryland. Washington UCL, uh, Washington State, UCLA is another game I wanted to hit on really quickly. UCLA back down to three. Uh, the only thing that pisses me off about this game, I'm excited for it, but you need the Pac-12 network for this one. So if anybody's got a link, shoot it into my DMs. I like UCLA to bounce back after a tough loss a couple weeks ago to Utah. That game was on the road, though. One of the toughest places to play in the country. It was Dante Moore, a true freshman, making his first real true road start against a tough defense, top 10 in the country. UCLA, they haven't been really good against ranked Pac-12 teams the last few years. I think that changes here. What scares me is Cam Ward. He's been awesome this season for Washington State. For some reason, nobody's talking about Cam Ward. 10th this season in completion percentage. He's third in yards per game. He's eighth in pass passing efficiency. UCLA's defense, though, I think matches up pretty well against all those uh, weapons. You know, their stats are great. They're, a top, they're the top scoring defense uh, in the Pac-12. And then you look at it, you know, and uh, I think they're going to have some success here on the offensive side of the ball. Dante Moore is at home. I think you'll feel a little bit more comfortable. And then you look at the running game for UCLA. They have Carson Steele. They have TJ Harden. Both have been awesome. Steele's averaging over seven yards per carry. Harden over six yards per carry. They could both hit you with the explosive play. Their top wide receiver transfer, Sturdivant, is averaging 23 yards per catch. So I think they might be able to hit... Uh, hit uh, Washington State with some explosives in this game with the passing game as well. Sorry, we got some line movement. I was a little distracted there. So I do like UCLA to cover the three. I also don't hate the money line price, minus 165 with UCLA. Texas A&M, so this one's bounced around. Texas A&M earlier in the week, you could have had a three if you like the dog. Um, last night, we were down to one. Now it's back to two and a half. A lot of love for Texas A&M against Alabama. I think A&M wins this game, but I've been doing like mental gymnastics with this one. Texas A&M a couple weeks ago lost their starting quarterback, Connor Wegman. They go to Max Johnson, one of the more experienced quarterbacks in the country. Didn't really skip a beat last week, but the only thing is uh, he can turn the football over. He gets a little sloppy with the football. The reason I like A&M here is the defensive side of the ball, their defensive line. A bunch of four and five stars finally living up to the hype. They did get gashed by Miami a couple weeks ago. But since that Miami game, they've dominated Auburn's offensive line. And then last week, we saw Auburn dominate Georgia. So there's one common opponent. Um, and Alabama's offense right now is completely flipped. It's completely changed. 
And there were some reports that maybe Jalen Milroy wasn't going to go in this game. And we were potentially going to see Tyler Buckner again, or we were going to see Simpson. I don't like either backup quarterback for Alabama. And like I said, they've completely changed their offense. They're run first. Uh, they're top three among power five schools right now in run percentage. They're running the ball on 65% of their snaps. They're averaging their lowest points per game since 2009. So I was making the case for A&M, um, but this number going back to two and a half does scare me a little bit. A&M should have some success on the offensive side of the ball, uh, even with their backup quarterback going in this game. At two and a half, still like A&M, but that one does scare me a little bit. So I'll roll with the dog, Texas A&M against Alabama. Always scary going with uh, Jimbo Fisher over Nick Saban. But A&M has had success against Bama in the past. A couple more that I like here that I want to throw out. Florida Atlantic is a three-point favorite against Tulsa. I might have been really wrong on Florida Atlantic this season. I went over on the win total with Tom Herman taking over as head coach. Casey Thompson came in through the transfer portal to play quarterback. He's out for the season. But Florida Atlantic's coming off the bye. This is their first conference game of the season. Plenty of time to prepare uh, to game plan for this one. They're going against Tulsa. You know, um, the backup quarterback for Florida Atlantic, who's going to replace Casey Thompson, not terrible. It's Central Michigan transfer Daniel Richardson. Last year, or two years ago, I should say, 2021, he threw for 24 touchdowns, had six picks. And Tulsa right now is ranked as the seventh worst coverage unit in the country. So I think Florida Atlantic's passing game could have some success. I think they could cover the three here. Their three losses this season all came to Power 5 schools, Ohio, Clemson, and Illinois. And two of those were one-score games. Uh, almost beat Illinois last week, which I think says a lot about Illinois, who uh, lost to uh, Nebraska last night as three-and-a-half-point favorites at home outright um, after their stadium caught fire earlier in the week. So things not going very good for Illinois so far. I like Arizona State today, four-and-a-half-point dogs against Colorado. Uh, this isn't so much a fade on Colorado. It's just how many more games can Colorado get up for this season, right? Week one against TCU on Fox, big game. Week two against Nebraska, big game. Week three against Colorado State, game days there, big game. They almost lose. Then it's Oregon and USC back-to-back -back games. This has letdown spot written all over it. Their starters have played a lot of snaps the last couple weeks. They don't have the best depth. They don't have Travis Hunter again this week. And let's be honest, like Colorado's defense is just not very good. Uh, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Love them on the offensive side of the ball. Love Shador. But I think they uh, lose outright today to Arizona State. I think that's a letdown spot. So I'm going to grab Arizona State at four and a half. I like Georgia Tech actually a little bit tonight. 21 and a half point dogs against Miami. I love Miami this season. We're going to talk a little ACC coming up with Friedlander. But I just can't get here with the number. Uh, that said, though, just when we started to believe a little bit in Georgia Tech, they lose to Bowling Green last week as a three touchdown favorite. I just think this might be a little bit of a look ahead spot for Miami. They got some big games coming up. They're probably going to score some points in this one in the first half, take their foot off the gas in the second half. I like the Syracuse, North Carolina over. Um, faded Cuse last week. They look good on paper. You know, they put up some yardage in that game. They just couldn't get in the end zone. I think they'll clean up some of that red zone stuff. And then North Carolina, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle for Drake May this season. He's thrown free, uh, four interceptions, seeing a lot of uh, two high shells, seeing a lot of two safety looks. But that offense is going to get much better. They get Tez Walker back, their stud wide receiver who transferred over from Kent State. Saw him a couple years ago at Kent State. He had 11 touchdown receptions. He's back in that offense. I think he's going to be a solid down threat, down, down the field threat for North Carolina. So I like the over in Carolina Syracuse. Uh, one more that we'll throw out before the break. This number's back. Virginia Tech. This is my favorite play of the day. 24-point dogs against Florida State. I'm a little worried about Florida State's health. Jordan Travis is going to continue to play, but we saw it a couple weeks ago. He got dinged. I think Florida State goes up big in the first half. 
and then might look to get Jordan Travis out of this game. Virginia Tech's got some confidence coming into this one. They had a rough opening month. They lost to Purdue and Rutgers. They also lost to Marshall. But then they opened up conference play by beating Pittsburgh by 17. They were three-point dogs in that game. Uh, they got Grant Wells back. I think Virginia Tech's going to keep it close against Florida State. So I'll lock that one in right now. Virginia Tech plus 24 against the Knowles today. We'll take a quick break. We're going to take a look at some ACC futures next here on the BetQL Tailgate Kickoff. I'm Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network.